hope everybody's doing well. It's us, Jay and Tinder, back again with our season two, guys. Season two. Season two. I, I feel like you need to come in with more of a fanfare. Like, bluco, bluco. <laughs> it's another episode. We need, like, be... you know, when they're presenting the boxing. Yeah. Introducing. No, I'm joking. I can't. <laughs> but yeah, as you can see, we're as you can hear, sorry, we're quite excited to be in our season yeah. two. And if you remember, we talked about having lots of different guests, lots of different flavors for everybody, and that's what we're about to do. So we have a special guest today, and it's a surprise guest. It's a surprise to her as well as me, as well as you, because. I only asked very recently if this person would like to record with us. So very, very happy and blessed that this lady, young lady, could um, record with us today. So the young lady, guys, is my mummy. That goes by the name of Christine. So can everyone say, hey, let's give a round of applause. Just say say the name again. Christine. 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 Would you like to say hi I to our like listeners? To your mom, Jay, I should be saying this. Well, yeah, you could, you could, yeah. Say. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> mom is you know, absolutely fine. Hi, everyone. How are we all doing? We're good. Give thanks and praises that we're here to, to face another day. Amen. Now, with this partic- particular climate, you don't know. Yeah, how have you guys been, though? How have you been keeping? Um, we're just trying to say, well, I can't speak for everybody. I know mommy will speak for herself. We're just trying to speak, um, just trying to be positive, to be fair. With the work mm-hmm. life, you know how it goes. You go to school and people are going on with their self. Or sometimes not, but you can be in your own feelings. Just trying to keep upbeat, positive, not letting... It's very different now in school with this walking here, walking there, bubbles. I'm very confused with the bubbles because I thought that, you know, once a bubble pop, it pop. I don't know how you patch up a bubble, but here you go. What do I know? But we mentioned last time. Yeah. yeah so um, how goes you, Miss Tindai? I'm fine. Um, well, I'm actually working from home at the moment. I'm teaching from home. And how's that? Circumstances. It's a challenge and a half, like, because the students are in the actual room and I'm teaching remotely. Okay. So <laughs> it's you have limited control over certain things. Yeah. I mean, I do like, you know, concentrating on the pedagogy and, you know, trying to put things in a way that students will get it precisely, um, which sometimes I think can get lost when you're in the day-to-day and you're just trying to get from lesson to lesson but I've had time to really think carefully about how I construct the lesson so that's part of it has been good but yes that's been a challenge and then also I've literally just um participated in what's called wave of life wave of light okay tell us about that you light a candle to remember all of the women and children well the the babies who have been lost um early during early pregnancy or during stillbirth um and of course the women who have experienced that and of course being somebody who's experienced that myself um it's something that I participate in and I'm just making it part of my like yearly thing so I just do it as it helped in terms of the whole experience helps in a sense that you 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 sit down and you well I do for me um I I reflect okay. because some 
you can push aside that it's such a difficult memory and it's yeah. a, it can be raw sometimes and you don't really want to think about it but like when you you like the candle and you just probably think about the maybe the good memories that you had of that pregnancy or whatever it is and then looking forward to your future and I just pray for the women who've gone through what I've gone through because you know it's not an an easy experience so that's what I use the time for and yeah I find that it's it helps to like flush certain things that maybe you've had bottled up for a while and also more importantly because it's a it's a movement you realize that actually when you're when you speak openly about it you're reminding other people that they're not alone other people are experience the same thing and that really helps a lot so well if we cast our mind backs it was one of the reasons a year ago we started this podcast with regards to talking about things that as black women and people might be like what do you mean black women we are both black women so that's why we talk about black women we can't talk about other we other female experiences on a whole even though we are all women but yeah that you know we don't speak about it's not open up it's all taboo so, you know, this is, you know, what our platform is really about. So I feel... And it's interesting that you say that as well, because now it's coming out more so. We always knew this, but we know that if you're Black, uh, um, you're more likely to experience complications during pregnancy and, and things like that in terms of the way that you're perceived in healthcare. Mm. Like the maternal death rate is quite is high in comparison to other groups. So it is something that we should definitely keep talking about. Yeah. Hopefully we'll talk more about it. It's about that support system as well, isn't it? In terms of people Mm. knowing it's okay to talk about this. It's nothing to be ashamed of if you have lost a baby or, do you know, I mean, it's not a shameful thing. It's something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, you know, we for so many years have believed that it is, you know, an element of shame. Yeah failure as a woman but just knowing that it's not a unique experience it's so common it's one in four so out of every four women four women um Mm. there's at least one woman who has experienced well even um, biblically even biblically the bible talks about women that are barren and praying for children yeah it doesn't always happen for some people we know sarah had um childbirth really late in life so And I mean, I did a whole study on that, like when I was going through it, I looked at all of the women in the Bible and things. And of course, there was a point where, you know, in a lot of time, in a lot of cases, people will say to you, oh, well, you're cursed because this has happened to you, because there are references in the Bible where it talks about um, the women losing their children or the women being the, the children being untimely ripped from their womb and that's part of like a curse mm. but then there's so many other stories of promise yes you indeed know, that's what really gave me hope yeah so yeah I just remain encouraged and I just want to encourage people out there to know that you're not alone and um this too shall pass this too shall pass amen I second that definitely definitely so i'm excited to get into um some conversations with mama christine (laughs) um but i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. as a woman in her 50s going on to 60 soon Mm -hmm. 
yes yeah how does that how does that feel like do you feel different from does it feel very different from when you were about to turn 40 like our age um yeah how was is it a strange feeling or you just feel normal how how does that feel to you um first obviously um you can't you can't really identify because you've not been through it before mm-hmm. it's, it's new and even though people might say to you they might give you their views mm-hmm. um you still you're still anticipating well what's going to be different i can say that um for me right now yes it is a case of what's up ahead because society tells you that at 60 you have to retire well you don't have to retire but you're supposed to be looking forward to retirement yeah and changing your pace of life mm. and changing your um career to maybe not having a career that was yeah. my that was my um concept that was my perceived understanding up until i went to jamaica and i met a lady um, who told me how much she's did, she has done since she's turned 60 then and she also told me that um, it's actually an, a new opportunity to pursue something that you actually wanted to do um, right. with your life now by that I mean um, you may have taken up careers in line with raising your family for example mm. or the fact that you got married and you know within the marriage it may be wiser for you to maybe stay at home or do a job that's not so demanding and leave that to the husband because in in anticipation of you raising children yeah me personally i did it all at once i wouldn't (laughs) advise it i wouldn't advise it but i was studying i had children i was studying um I was working as well. Don't ask me how I did it. I don't have the answer. I just know that God took me through it. And when I reflect back now, I'm coming up to 60, which is next year. I'm thinking about, okay, I've done, I've been on the treadmill for a long time. I've been going for a long time. What is it going to be like to just stop? Mm. So I'm constantly contemplating, what is it going to be like to just stop? Yeah, and is is that something that gives you anxiety or something that you fear or is it something that you are looking forward to? Like, I know even, like, people our age or younger, just like, I can't wait to retire when I finish this job. Then they, you know, they put so many things in place. But when you think about it, it's like your whole life and things that you may have built over time coming to a halt and then you're having to think about something maybe completely different so how do you feel about that is that something that scares you or um sorry i can say this that it's um it's that when people talk about freedom it's that concept of freedom and liberty Mm. so now you really got that freedom to make to do exactly what you want um that's not scary but it's quite it's quite at times it's quite empowering and at times you're like a little kid in a sweet shop i can do anything i want to do i can get up tomorrow and decide okay 
um, you know, I'm going to, well, in the past, I mean, before this pandemic, I'd be thinking, hmm, I might just book a flight too, or I might do, you know, I might step at home and do this, or I might go running, or I might go, it's that absolute freedom of choice. Yeah. And that's when you realise that, okay, you've got to have some um, structure in place. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, <laughs> yeah. you might end up doing crazy things that you yeah. didn't foresee that you would do. It's almost like being, um, it's almost like being, I can imagine, 18 again. Yeah, because it sounds reminiscent of when I left home and just yeah, was like, ah, it's, it's, I remember the world, I, yeah, the world yeah, is it's almost like being 18 that. again. I remember the first time when I left home and I remember the first time I went out and I stayed out after 12.30. And in my head, I kept saying, I need to be going home. And then and, you thought, why? And then I realised, hold on, but no you're free to stop at till whatever time you want. But I remember for a long time, mm-hmm. I had those those kind of thoughts. And I can also say, even with, um, it might not seem connected, but even with wearing clothes, I had that same thought. You know, you had your good clothes, you had your yard clothes, you had your clothes that you went to church in. It took me a long time to realise, well, actually, no, you can wear you can just wear what you want. Where yeah. you want. And you don't really care what other people have to say. You just do what you need to do. Yeah, it's that it's that that wasn't even the issue. The issue was I could I could actually the way I was raised, you had you had those you had those um those structures in place. I'll call them structures, those disciplines as well in place. And yeah. that discipline has stayed with me all of my life, even now. So even now, sometimes I'll take a dress out of the wardrobe and I thought, oh no, I can't wear that to work. But then I realized, yeah, you actually you can. Mm-hmm. Actually, What's you can. You? <laughs> exactly. And it's that it's that freedom and that empowerment that you have to look now learn to control. Mm, that's interesting. And that and it. that is um that's where I'm at at the moment in, in Okay. Um, you yeah. know that's something that's I'm a quote there, Mama. That, uh, I like that that empowerment that you now have to control. I like that. That's, yeah, you now have that's to, quotable. Because I'm saying that to say this, um, because you're still responsible in terms of the role model that you are representing as an elder of society, Mm -hmm. as an elder in a working environment, Mm -hmm. as an elder in a home environment. You're still a representative of that, but there are people who, at some stage, you think, well, no, I just just want to do what I want to do. So regardless, and... um, yeah, that's what you have to, that's what you're dealing with now. So it's almost like when the Bible says, um, you know, who knows better does better. You really have to think like that in some situations, you know, yeah, because you do have responsibility. People have certain expectations when you reach any age, but yeah, I was going to ask, yeah. ask about the expectations and yeah. kind of pressure, maybe. Well, I don't know if you call it pressure, but. Yeah, I'd say pressure for now that um, people have of or the, uh, the expectation that people have when it when it comes to people of a certain age. So, for example, going back to what you're saying about how you dress, um, you know, because you're a certain age, do you feel like you have to think about what other people might say 
in terms of the dress that type of dress that you might want to wear or where you the type of place that you might go how long you stay out that kind of thing do you still feel um or do you feel more pressure now that you're older because you talked about maybe being um a role model you know you saying okay yes there, there still needs to be limitations to some of the things that I do because other people are looking up to me or you know looking at me as a role model so do you feel like there's that kind of pressure that comes as as you get older or do you just feel like live your best life and do whatever well I would like my mom to just live her best life I just want to say that sorry yeah that's (laughs) another kind of pressure you put (laughs) I'm always encouraging her go on do this do that you're very right because people do have uh, well, not people, family, my, my son and my daughter mm-hmm. specifically are always saying, Mom, you, you know, you can do anything you want to do. Da, 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 da. But you're actually in your back of your head. You'll never think like that, especially if you're a parent. You'll never think you can just do what you want to do and um, it doesn't matter. You always think, no, you're responsible. You have people to consider all the time. Yeah. And maybe not financially because you've got big children and they've gone off and they've got their careers and, and things like that, but there's other things you may not do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in answer to your question, there is, although I wouldn't call it a pressure because my mindset is um, I do what I try to do what's right. Okay. I try to do what's right in all situations. I try to um, speak what's right in all situations. But there are times when you, you just want to say, you know, um, well, really, you shouldn't be doing that. But that's not your place mm-hmm. because you've got to allow people to learn about life. Yeah, It's like um, if you, well, you know about the um, career in teaching. So if you're in a classroom and you consistently spoon feed the children, they're not going to pass the exam. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with being a parent being a grandparent, there are some situations you have to, you're hoping that you've mm-hmm. trained your children to learn to go through them and come out the other side with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're hoping. And um, so I leave my son and my daughter more or less to make their own decisions in life. And when they come to a decision, they usually, when we have discussions, I usually know when they've, okay, they've crossed that bridge now. They know about that. Or they've crossed that bridge now because it's it's in the conversation and it's in the language that they use, but it's not something that they're aware of. I'm aware of it, but they're not aware of it, mm. and it's new to me. And it and, and it's new to me because my mum died when I was quite young. Yeah. So I didn't have that accolade to say, oh, you know, yes, mum, I, I understood what you meant there because I'm now seeing it happen and I've been through it or, um. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's something that I always talk about to you, isn't it, Tinda, with regards to... And I've had to come back to your mum and say, oh, mum, do you remember when you told me this and I was 16 and I said this, this and this, and I'm like, now I get what you're saying. Remember I talked about all... Yeah. Even friends that I've, my mum has warned me about in the past and be like, you know, maybe watch that person or maybe that's not the best person for you. And at the time, I haven't understood. And then later on, by God's grace, you do get to see, you know, those words come to fruition. And sometimes it's not... It's not a bad thing. I think it's a sign of maturity, wouldn't you say, Mum? That you can go. I we have them reflective conversations. I don't know, obviously, about other people's situations, but I know I, me, my mum and myself have those re- reflective conversations a lot of the time. Yeah, 
that, yeah, we do have those reflective conversations, but I also have those reflective conversations with myself, even though my mum's not alive. I also, since she has passed, and I've, it's been over a good over 30 odd years now, in fact, 40 odd years mm -hmm. now, and I often think, I remember some of the things, some of the statements she used to make, and I had no clue what she was talking about at the time. But now I can see it as clear as day. And it's interesting because in in the scriptures, it says nothing is new under the sun. Mm -hmm. And trust me, nothing is new under the yeah. sun. There is nothing new. It might appear to be new because they're a new generation or with the next generation and the next generation. For example, what may, makes me chuckle is when I see the, the young people in these um these pumps. <laughs> I call I still call them pumps. And they're paying ridiculous money. And I said, in my day, they were like 50p, 60p. The Converse. The, the Converse, the Converse <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Converse, yeah. So I, I find that interesting. And it's the same with, it's the same with um, intelligence. It's the same with wisdom. In fact, I'll go as far as saying that you come across various people who you've come across before. You've come across that character yeah. before. Not, you're not judging them you're not judging them but you see the characteristics and it's reminiscent and it's, yeah it's re that's the word it's reminiscent of what you've seen before mm. and you you, you want to say something but it's almost like well you can't because it's almost like people might think well she's some kind of wizard yeah or, i just think that's just experience yeah experience. But it is what it, it is experience it is experience and it is wisdom and um, it's, it is it is a pleasure to be at this age and be able to reflect back and see a situation and say, you know what, should I say something in this situation or should I close my mouth? And that's what comes with age. You learn when you pick your battles mm. and you learn to, when to close your mouth in more situations. That's what, you, that's what you start to learn when you get to, well, that's what I'm learning. Um, you know, I don't have the energy right now to be taking on situations where younger people have got more energy than me. Yeah. You know, I can see what's going I can see, I can see, and I'm not saying that I'm always right, but I can see the outcome. But I just think, you know what? Let them go through that situation. Exactly. And the thing is, as well, they have to learn it for themselves. Ultimately, then they can mm -hmm. have that reflective moment and say, you know what? Actually, this you were right, or yeah, I can see where I I I went wrong there in that situation. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't really ha I I wouldn't say that mom and I, my mom, we have reflective um conversations per se, but I think I can see things that she said over time, um, yeah. being kind of reflected in my own life, and and then I know okay, this is exactly what mom was talking about so many years ago and then I can make that connection so I find that really interesting as well um mm -hmm. I think I didn't re we didn't really give you an opportunity to properly introduce yourself so Christine what I want you to do now is to just give us a little overview of you know of you you know your career mm -hmm. over the years I know currently you you teach but I am also aware that that's not the only thing that you've done. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your lifestyle, your your career and otherwise. Well, some things I did, I don't do now. And I'm, my plan is to go back to those things because that's those are the things that I love doing. Okay. 
But right now, I'm a um, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for over thirty five years. Wow. And yeah, I started teaching actually at fourteen. I used to work in supplementary schools for black yeah. children. Um, in Handsworth. Okay. And AKA yeah. Saturday oh, school. Yeah, it used to be called. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, I started there. It was my big sister who got me involved in that because she was part of what was classed as the Black Power movement. You know, improving um the lives of Black youngsters. Yeah. And so I started there and um, working in over the summers working with student, with young people, when I say young, five, yeah. six. And then I started, I realised I had a, um, a skill, mm-hmm. really, with um, enga- getting them to engage in whatever they were doing, whether it was crafts, whether it was number work, whether it was writing. <coughs> and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It never exhausted me. Um, so I um, didn't pursue it immediately, I wanted to be an architect, actually, and um, the school that I went to, it was, at the time, I didn't see it as racism. Let me just say that. I didn't see it as racism, mm-hmm. and and that's partially because my parents, um, there weren't parents that pondered on racism. Well, my mum definitely wasn't. Um, her attitude was, you do as you're told. If the teacher says this, then that's what mm. you do. And um, I remember, um, in fact, when I was at junior school, when I was about six or seven, I was able to do long multiplication. And I remember the teacher who taught me it as well. His name was Mr. Wadsworth. And I'm saying that because he's he's bound to have passed by now. Um, And he taught me to do long long multiplication. But I also remember there was a a, a Caucasian girl in the class named Tina. And... um, we used to we used to kind of um, challenge one another, mm-hmm. and because of and because of challenging one another with mathematics, I realised that I was prepared to you know take on the challenge because I think that's what learning yeah. is about. You have to be prepared to take on the challenge, whatever it might be. So I had a I had a love for um, competition, and um, I had a love for mathematics at that early age. But yet again, obviously being young, I didn't pursue it at that stage. Whereas other things I did pursue, because I used to be an Mm -hmm. athlete, it was the fact that my mum didn't see athletics as the way to go Mm -hmm. because she didn't really see it with that kind of status. Yeah, It was a status thing, I believe, you know, because every other, in in her mind, every other black child could run. And every other black child could dance. And all the natural, I will say natural skills that we didn't have to be nurtured on, our parents, that our parents' generation didn't want yeah. us to do. And I find it so interesting, not so much now, but in the last decade, that's where a lot of people have been, mm-hmm. the last two decades, that's where they've been excelling. Yeah. In sport or in the something arts. to do with music. Yeah, in the arts, a lot of celebrities, you know what I mean? And I was on that thing. In fact, I, I used to sang once with Steel Pulse when Steel Pulse first started. It's a reggae band, yeah. a Birmingham-based yeah. reggae band, yeah. Years and years ago, I sang with them in, in um, 
a parking, what you used to call farm parking. I'll just sing one section that I always sing. Walking along, just kicking stones, minding my, my own business. Yeah. I came face to face with my balls, disguised in darkness from head to toe. I like and I bark, look at clan. So if you find no, that song, Clue Clads Clan, yeah, so yeah. that was like the Black Power movie okay. in Birmingham. Yeah. So well, my mum can like tell you anyway, but they were like proper, was, proper roots, rugged. Like family was heavily um, kind of rooted in that movement. Well, not my, my, my big sister, okay, so because, um, yeah, she, she, I mean, she's in the Caribbean and her, 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 her wish was always to go back to the Caribbean because she came home from the Caribbean. She said from day one she never liked England and she planned and she purposed in the heart and she went back to the Caribbean and she okay. achieved it. Um, I was only just about born here. Had my mum gone back on the plane, I would have been born in the Caribbean as well. So my mum and my dad were quite affluent. They used to come and go, come and go, come and go. My dad was very Petition. affluent. Um, yeah. Petition. Sorry. So uh, my dreams and my desires were kind of confusing because um, I knew what I was I was naturally good at. I knew what I didn't have what I didn't have to make an effort to do. But I was also I also like to be challenged. So I uh, had a very good skill of networking with people, encouraging people to do to achieve to do things, whatever it was, whatever it was. So my first career really was in personal management. Okay. And I was a, uh, yes, I was a PA to the, a managing director of a firm. And um, it was, and at that time I had my children. I, got, I, don't, <laughs> I don't regret, I don't regret having them at that age because little did I know my mum was going to die when I was yeah. quite young. So I don't regret having that. She would manage to meet, see me have um, yeah. grandchildren. And she loved she loved my son because she never had her son didn't survive. Okay. Um, yeah. So her son didn't survive. But we've kind of gone off track. Yeah, coming back to what I enjoy doing. I enjoy um I enjoy nurturing people into being the best that they can mm. be. And so I saw that I had that skill in me. I had other skills, but I saw that I had that skill in me. It wasn't an effort at all. I'm very organized as well, so that's not an effort as, at, at all. So I literally, after I had my two children, I sat down and I thought, well, what can I do where I can earn a decent salary to look after my children to the standard that I would like them to be able to participate in life? And I actually got all all the professions. I looked through them and I thought, yeah, I'll be a teacher. So I pursued that, that goal. I had two young children. I How did you it. find that experience of raising two young children whilst um, training to be a teacher and all of that? Well, now I can say it was very, very hard. Mm. But at that time, I had the drive. Yeah. It never. I, I never stopped and thought about how hard it was. I had the drive, and plus, you have once you have two children, once you have children, they become your priority. Mm. Um, you know, and um, yeah, so that was it. It wasn't. It wasn't something I ever questioned. They become your priority. They never asked to be born. It's your responsibility yeah. to look after them, and that's why I pursued that. 
and um, whilst doing that, when I went to I went to university, my first um, experience at university, um, I which university was it? Aston University. Okay. I went to Aston University and I did various courses. I did a what they call a combine honors, and um, it involved a lot of mathematics. So I did computer com- computer science. Oh, I did, this I sounds did very familiar to me. <laughs> I, I didn't know that at the time my mom told me that years really later. you didn't know no i thought my mom did ergonomics and mathematics i didn't know that she did computer science in in with the course History yeah repeats itself. indeed <laughs> well the, the, it's very true but um i couldn't pursue the first year of computer science i did enjoy it i couldn't pursue it because it involved a lot of out of hours practicing but of course, I had my two young children. So I was able to, I got through the course, I passed the course, and then I selected from all my all my, my units what I wanted to pursue and what I could pursue. So the difference is, if I had gone to university without responsibility, I probably would have taken another walk in life. But because I had the responsibility, I had to do everything around right. my responsibilities. Okay. Yeah, I don't regret it. I don't regret it because I have been, even if I say it myself, I have been recognised as a very successful teacher. And um, <laughs> and um, it's not something, it's not something, um, uh, being a teacher is not something to play down because you have mm. so much influence on people's life that you don't even realise. 100%. Yeah, if you, if you reflect back in your life, Next to your parents, you probably the next people you probably think about is which teachers did what with you and when. But when you go into the when you go into the profession, well, I never thought about oh, you know, I would know I would know young people who are now millionaires or have ended up in prison or have gone on to do this because I said this to them or I pulled them up in a certain way that made them reflect later yeah. on in life. But yeah, I don't, you know, but when you hear people talk back, they always talk about te- the teachers in their life. Good, good or, or bad. bad. That's... That, yeah, good or bad, that influenced them in some way. It impinges upon your memory and your um how you are as a person and you definitely. Yeah, so I I that that's really me. That's really what I've done. What I might go on to do and it's what I want to go on to do is definitely please pursue some of my skills that I had that I didn't take to the level that I wanted to mm. take them to. I believe, I actually believe that everyone should pursue at least one skill that they have to the yeah. ultimate. I really, really do believe that. And I don't think at this stage I've done that okay. as yet. So Jay is going to be going back to doing some computer science with you. <laughs> we can look out for that. No, the thing is, when I'm sitting here, you know that. Well, I don't know if everybody that's listening knows there is a lot of mathematics in computer yeah. science. So sometimes I'm here grappling with A level concepts and stuff like that, and I say, "Mummy, help me with this." Or and you know, she's able to think through, think it through with me. You know, computational thinking, abstraction. Not going to get too technical, but the point is. Whatever it is that mum learned all those years ago is still in her mind because she can pick up the conversation with me and run with it. It's not a lot of people that I can sit down and talk to about computer science, to be fair. So I do feel like, I do feel quite blessed that, you know, my mum has studied something that I now have a 
very vast passion for and I've gone on to do a degree and stuff so yeah it, okay. it's good so Jay would you so I'm just gonna ask Jay a question would you say that your mom mm-hmm. uh career um kind of inspired you to get into teaching um, not initially not initially I did um I wanted to be a choreographer yes. for a moment yeah. mom <laughs> you know I was gonna go off and be a doctor around the world <laughs> maybe that's what you can do <laughs> yeah, so anyway but the point is what I will say is that I seen my mom and this is no cap or not bigging up my mom just because she's on the pod- podcast or whatever I always say these things my mom my mom's worked 100 percent, 110 percent, always to make sure that we have had what we need and that we didn't suffer food was always on the table and she did her best to make sure that we had what we needed in every way not just materialistic things my mom taught me a lot of lessons about having a quality of life even little things like eating well you'll see a lot of people oh eat well eat well my mom would rather us have a good wholesome meal than have the latest designer trainers mm-hmm. on our foot and at the time when I was young I'd be like why can't I have this why can't I have that now I'm strong I'm firm I don't get sick and it's because of the way that my mom was raised me with a diet good work ethic always hard working keeping the house nice and just um always having having a heart for others so I think in that respect seeing my mom be a teacher I learned that having a heart for others is a good thing and it's rewarding when I had Mela as everybody probably knows I changed into teaching, not straight away, but when she got to secondary school. And I asked my mom, you know, what does she think? And she let she helped me to understand that. And she helped me to understand that doing teaching in terms of being a family woman, not just a career woman, is very beneficial in terms of work-life balance. And that's what I was looking for. So I, I did, before I did it, I went to mom and said, mom, why did you become a teacher? And she told me that story of going to look at what career fits in with family life. And I've chosen to do the same thing. But on top of that, it's very rewarding. And we have, I'm sure my mum would agree with this. We have some amazing conversations, don't we, mum, about mm. education. My mum was actually my first ever mentor in teaching. So, yes, you go to uni and you get your mentor at college, at, at uni and in school. But as we know where I started, it wasn't a very good school. It was a new school. And I got left to my own devices. If it wasn't for my mum, I couldn't have become a head of department because it was her that directed me and said, do this, do that. This is what you need to do. And she always Mm. has. So having someone in the field before you, as you know, you know, you can get that level of direction that, not to be funny, these institutions are not going to give you, they're not going to give you that extra loving touch and that extra guidance that I've been able to get from from my mum. So it had, I didn't realise it influenced me, if I'm honest, as much as it has. But if I was to answer the question, you know, 100%, definitely. I mean, for me, that's uh, my mum also was a teacher and she taught English as well. (laughs) So it did influence me in a number of ways. And I was, was, you know, able to learn a lot from her during my journey as a teacher. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to hear you both talking about that. Um, right, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been wanting to ask this question because I don't think that women um, really talk about it a lot. Um, and that's the big menopause. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, okay. I, I've, I don't, I, I've, there's a bit of, fair when it comes to to that because I really don't know I mean we know what it is right but no but I just I don't think we do seeing my mum go through it 
it, it, it's it's I, a lot. I, I, That's what I would say. Wouldn't you agree? Younger me? women need to hear from people who've experienced it, or people not when I say younger women, women who haven't experienced it need to hear from women who have. Yeah, because you can have it at a young age. Now I was reading, you can have it from twenty yes, or twenty five. It's, it's getting earlier. It's, it scares me. So, <laughs> tell us a little <laughs> bit about um that whole experience. Um, how did you find it? Um, do you think there's other things that we can do to prepare for it? And yeah, mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, this is quite an emotional one because um, I didn't see my mom go. Th- well, I didn't realize I saw my mom go through a menopause, um, and it wasn't until I saw I was going through similar symptoms I realized, oh, that's what mommy was going through. I actually thought it was all part and parcel of her illness, right. and that is that is very important because. Going through the menopause without the knowledge of what the menopause is yeah. will lead you to believe that you're ill. Okay. And this is no... Um, it's not exaggeration. It's no exaggeration. It will lead you to believe that you're ill because you're... Bu- now, it's not the same. Can I just say, for the record, it's not the same for every single individual. For as- a second. And disclaimer, anyone listening, we are not medical yeah. experts. This Just is experience. experience. This is experience, research, and maybe some medical advice that has probably happened along the way, but we are not medical experts. Please do not take what we're saying and decide to go and just do something. Do your own research. Sorry, mommy. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, so, as I was saying, it's... Um, it would lead you to what well, I personally, my personal experience would led me to believe that I was actually ill and um, not realizing that this is what the menopause actually is. Um, now, when you, when you start the menopause in itself is a mystery. And when you finish the menopause in itself is a mystery because it does change your physical Mm -hmm. makeup it really really does well it did that for me and i have read and read and reread many well not many quite a few i'd say people who write about the menopause and um i decided that i need to read a a book that's written by a woman that's been through the menopause so that's what Mm -hmm. i ended up doing and this woman, lady on the line, and she really spoke about many things I'd gone through. Now, this is a woman I've never met, um, probably will never ever meet. And she really wrote about things that I was actually going through mm. at the time. Now, prior to reading her book, I really believed, as I said, that I'd hit, I'd, I'd come to a a place in my life that I had lost self-control over my own okay. body. That's what I that's what I'd say. I'd lost self-control over my own body. Things were happening to me that I could not explain. And when I was going for I, I'm not really a person that goes to doctors very often, but it brought me to the stage where I've got to do something about this. And because it wasn't just about um perspiring. Yeah. That's all we hear about. Hot flushes. Bit, yeah, you hear about the hot flushes, 
But these heart flushes are, they're, 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 it's like you've stepped into a shower and then the next minute you've stepped out of the shower and you're automatically dry. It's mm. them kind of things. And it's very, um, it's, it's very um, yeah. disturbing because you don't know why your body's doing what mm. it's doing. And then people start talking to you about all these hormone replacement tablets that you could oh. take to solve this problem and solve that problem. And I'm not a person that in that has that persuasion. So then it becomes a complex situation where am I being stubborn and not taking on the advice of the medical profession or do I need to study mm. this out? And I took, I chose the latter. I started to study out. So while I'm going through all of these different emotions, these different physical physical changes in my body i decided let me what start about you? what about sorry can what? i just ask a question yeah what about your mind right so memory and you know because i remember some of the things you said like you'd forget what you were saying or not just normal forget but like literally okay i was saying this or and that it's just gone out of your mind or you put something down and not my mom my mom everybody is very much okay i know where this is i know where that is very very organized i noticed some disorganization wouldn't you say yeah definitely yeah. definitely and that's still taking place now but i don't know if that's the menopause or that's age <laughs> <laughs> because i've never been i've never been here before however it, it it does it is disturbing because like my daughter rightfully says there are things if you're a person of organization if you're a person that has a place for everything it then becomes really um yes, you become anxious yeah, um you become yeah you become anxious you in some cases you become a bit frightened of what's happening mm -hmm. to you because you have no control and then you realize that we actually don't have control over our bodies in the sense that things will happen and we don't know mm -hmm. why it's happening so what you then have to do is study to find out why it's happening. And you really, it's almost like you're watching yourself go through life. I'm watching myself go through life right. now. That's what I'm actually doing now. Whereas before I was just living life and I wasn't watching myself go through my life. And it's, not, it's more than reflection. It's really more than reflection. So every morning I get up, I, I have... I have an itinerary in my mind what, what I'm going to go through in that day. And there's certain things I have to put in place to make sure that I don't... It doesn't go one way or another. It doesn't go one way or another. I keep my body balanced. Yeah. Yeah? And keeping your body balanced is different for everyone. Okay. It's different for everyone. But, so yeah, can you I was share just some of the say things that you share? Yeah, okay. So... I'm quite, um, <laughs> I can't say this in any way, any other way that I'm a very regular person in terms of using yeah. the bathroom. So I have to make sure that when I'm, when I, I have to know when I'm consuming food, if I don't consume food at a certain time, my body's going to go out of okay. sync. So I could be in a public place and I need to find a bathroom. Yeah. So what I do is prevent that situation. That's one. That's that's a very common one. The other thing is sleep. I I only need six hours of sleep. Okay. I only need six hours of sleep. I've worked that out about myself. Unless I've done something I don't normally do. Let's say I've I don't know I've been up I've ran a marathon. Then that means that my body will need probably 
eight hours of sleep. So what I have to do now is if I go to sleep at eight o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening, sorry, I am waking up at four o'clock or I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning. Now what that happens if yeah. you... So first of all, like what? how many hours did you normally sleep? Um, up... I normally sleep for six hours. Oh, okay. That's my point. But I didn't realise that. I didn't re- I only need six hours of sleep. When I say sleep, let's let's let, let me make it very clear. I mean that proper deep mm. sleep. Not the sleep that you know you hear a sound and you wake up. Right. Yeah, not that sleep. Not the sleep where you might come in and you just sit in the armchair and you you doze mm. off for a minute. That's not I'm talking about proper sleep and I did not realize that there is a science to sleep I've learned that since I went went was going through the menopause there is a science to sleep so if you that you can there's many many books written on sleeping yeah. you know that I think no. is it true that <laughs> certain people require certain hours so you you're saying six hours works for you and that's what your body needs yeah for another person yes. depending on their age and their metabolism and their full makeup they yes. might need eight hours and so on yeah yeah and that yeah that that and that's when i realized you see when it says in scripture we are all uniquely mm-hmm. made it really is true it really really yeah. is true so when we are there you know comparing with other comparing people. with other people it's a really a waste of time you need to know self. That's true. That's so true. I like that. You need to know self. You need to study mm. self. You need to know why you react to certain situations the mm. way you react. You need to know why you don't react to certain situations. You need to know so much about yourself. And I think that's one of the main things I've got out of going through the menopause is that you need to know self. And it's not just what you like to wear or what you like to eat. It's how you like to feel. It's what you like to do. It's who you like to be with. I mean, we talk about some of the external things, but you need to talk, you need to look at the internal things in your life and say, okay, how am I feel how am I actually feeling right now? And you need to address that because I think in this society, and I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen in other societies, but in this particular society that we're living in, in this particular country, there's a lot about the outward. Mm. the outward what's going on outside yeah. of your body but actually you need to know what's going on inside mm. of your body and that's that is something that i think black women because i can only speak about black yeah. women do not do not um mm. acknowledge for whatever reason um and i think it's something you need to acknowledge because when you start to acknowledge what's going on in, in self, inside self you actually start to acknowledge where you are in terms of your balance, in terms of your contentment mm-hmm. of life, in terms about what you think about any situation, you know. And to me, that's where your wisdom comes in because you deal with a situation based on understanding mm. self. And how do you how do you get to that self? Did you get the gems, people? Did you get the gems? <laughs> how how do you get to? How would you say that? I know you mentioned that you did a lot of reading um yeah or are there any other ways you you got to kind of that i guess i'll call it self-actualization where you you look you're looking into self 
So apart from reading, um, were there any other things or exercises that you did to kind of get to that point? Now this, I love that question. That question is so loaded. <laughs> it's so, so loaded. And I'm going to say, first of all, I'm a person of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And any situation, and I mean any situation you can think of, is in scripture. Mm. So you start, you're going to have to start reading you start reading the scriptures in a different way. It really is the book of life. That's the first thing. The second thing is you have to start watching, literally watching yourself in a situation. And it's really, in some sense, it's, it's quite exciting. Because I almost said, (laughs) yeah, it's quite exciting. Because I say to myself sometimes, okay, I know what's going to happen today. And I know how I'm going to react. Okay. So, you know, and probably what we do a lot of the time, have you heard of this knee-jerk reaction? A lot of people have a knee-jerk reaction to situations. I don't. Mm. I actually plan how I'm going to respond. And that comes with age. Wow. Wow. (laughs) It comes with age. And when you see, when you see yourself go through the situation and come out the other side, as you predicted you will, you then realize I've grown Mm. up. You then realize that's what maturity is about. And you can then explain it to other people understanding what you're Mm. actually saying. Now that might sound weird, but sometimes as, um, as you go through life, especially being in a profession such as teaching or social work or any of those professions, you're when people are coming to you or when you are dealing with people, they actually believe that you understand what you're saying. (laughs) And I think sometimes you actually don't. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not knocking anybody in any profession, but in sometimes you're actually because you can read, because you have an understand because you have a grasping of language, you respond mm. in a particular mm. way. When you get when you when you get when you start to understand who you are and who you are in the situation, your response might be exactly the same, but the language that you use might be a lot more easier for the recipient recipient mm. to understand. So yes, you start to see yourself. You see yourself in situation. You literally, it's like a movie happening, and you're in the movie watching the movie. Watching the movie. So observe. So I think maybe for me, based on what you're saying, it's just observing mm-hmm. yourself, being very deliberate yeah. about it, learning exactly. from that. So powerful, exactly. Because we it don't really powerful. spend a lot of time doing that. We just we're in the now and we're focused, as you said, on the external and like getting things done and stuff like that, but not necessarily looking internally and look and thinking, why did I? say that yeah why did that and yeah. why did it make me feel that way yeah. <laughs> why is it that when i yeah. sleep at a certain time this is what happens that is the biggest thing for me i mean quite the original question was you know what it was like going through the menopause and it's all of what i've just said um i don't want to dwell on the the um the sicknesses or the fevers that you go through or the body pain. So- you know, there's a lot of that as well. But I think sometimes that may be t- depend on what time, what age you are going okay. through the menopause. And, for, and in my reading, if you are a very active person and you are you, you try to look after your, you, you endeavour to look mm-hmm. after your health, it may 
you might have a different experience. Okay. Yeah, you might have a different experience. And you, and most top of the agenda is your stress levels will be, you know, they will be a lot more under control. Okay. And so your anxious, your angst, your anxiety will be a lot more under control. If your diet is right for your body and if your sleeping is right for your body, those two things balanced help you, helped me to go through the menopause um, a lot, probably a lot more easier. Now, I did have a lot of trials yeah. and I've read about in my reading, I've read about women who had lots of trials, women, you know, losing their sense of stability, mm. women losing their um, sense of direction in their life, just packing mm. up. You know, you've got managing, you know, people of, you know, women of, who run companies just packing up because they didn't understand wow. the menopause. They didn't understand what their body was doing to them. You've got to get to the stage where you share and in sharing that you care. So everything I'm, I'm going through, I share it mm. with my daughter so that she now she can now look out for those yeah. things. And if she can put preventative measures in place, I tell her, yes, you know, I tell her things, you know, in terms of, you know, her vitamin balance, you know, how water. she, her water, her intake of water, all the things that probably if you had a private um coach they would probably mm. tell you yeah so it's it's it going through the menopause is it can be traumatic if you don't know what it's about so definitely i would might if i had any advice to give to anybody there are books out there you need to start reading from okay. now start reading from now and then start watching yourself watching your body but you know what it also taught me how amazing the body is how amazing the female mm. body is. So it's a natural stage of life. Yes, yeah. yes. It, it is a natural stage of, of life. And it's, it, it's, it's amazing how our bodies can deal with who we are if we treat our bodies mm. correctly. So true. Yeah. So, so true. I mean, I think uh, a lot of people just kind of dismiss it. Um, either they don't want to think about it and then before they know it it's upon them mm -hmm. and then for some reason a lot of women who are going through it there there's some there's an element of I don't know shame or um or embarrassment or something that is is difficult to articulate you know to other people or to share so uh thank you so much for sharing yeah with, indeed, with us. Definitely. i would also add to that though in terms of and i don't know if you'd agree with this one but i find well when we go to not i don't know about now obviously i haven't got the statistics but would you say that the medical profession is heavily male orientated therefore has enough research scientifically and medically gone into what the menopause actually is and what happens to us and you know how to actually deal with it yes we have hormone replacements but all that you just said mom in terms of water and sleep and all those things are those the books that are written where they by med you know official medical people with degrees and doctorates and stuff or are these women that have gone through the experience that have chosen to share it like you've shared with us now i did i don't adhere to every single thing she said but 60 percent of it i could identify with and she definitely gives you she definitely gives you an insight into, into, into the human body from a female perspective, which I think is what Jay is talking about. Um, 
in my research and in my reading as well, I've recognized that yes, a lot that a lot of um what should I say? A lot of research mm. in all medicine has been geared yeah. from a male perspective. Yeah. We're females, we should be reading books that are written mm. by females. With regard to this with regard to yeah. the menopause. We should also be reading books in regard to the menopause from what status we're in. So if we're married, then you should be seeking to read about women that are married yeah. going through the menopause. Because the books are out there. The books I are definitely the, out the, there. The men in relationships and, need so, to do some reading as well. I, you just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, because it's not, not going to know what's happening. You're not, it's not... I, I, I personally, I'm on my own yeah. in that respect. But if you're not on your own, then it's not just you going through the menopause. Just like it's we, where it's, it's, it's just like it's we yes. that are pregnant. It's we that are going through the menopause because that man who you are intertwined, intertwined yeah. with <laughs> is part of your body and you're part of his body, and um, that's important too. Because actually, that is a benefit. That is a benefit. Going through the menopause and being in a relationship with a husband who you have known for a long time actually benefits your mm. well-being whilst you're going through the menopause. It's a positive. It's actually a positive. You should both be yeah. reading about, you know, just like you would both read about how being parents. You should both be reading about the stages that you go through in your life a, a, a combination yes there's always a male and female energy yeah. of any situation so we need to be we need to be looking at those we need to be looking at those situations each other as well. and yes definitely that's mm. the right word how they complement each other you that's hear wonderful. people say oh we're pregnant you know we're pregnant but you never hear them say oh we're in menopause um, <laughs> No, but it, it's a real thing because if you, if you are like you know you get married and you yeah. are one, it's and then all of a sudden you're going through all this stuff with your body that, as Mum said, over the years your husband has shared and had the bountiful joyfulness of your body. All of a sudden, yeah. one you're just by yourself. Oh, no, don't that don't, that don't make it. Um, I just want to say how um insightful the conversation has been yes. um today. I've really just enjoyed listening to. All of the gems that Mama Christine be dropping today. <laughs> um, My closing thoughts would be: I'm really happy that um, I'm quite possessive, so you know I am yeah, sharing my mum with you guys. I hope you appreciate it. <laughs> right. I hope you appreciate but, um, it. No, I was just saying that um, I pray that people and hope that people we get a wide listenership with this one in particular. You know about the menopause and. I don't know any, I have not read anywhere. I don't know if you have, mum, where they say, oh, actually, I skipped it. I didn't have the menopause. I've not <laughs> no. heard of it. Nah, for real, I haven't heard of that. I've, maybe I've people don't maybe start their, start their monthlies. They probably don't have menstruations. There's that. But I've never heard anyone say, oh, even if they just had the hot flushes or they have some of it, I've never heard a woman say, oh, I didn't go through menopause. Mm. Have you, mum? No, they don't say that. They'll say that, um, you know, they only had minor symptoms. Yeah. On my reading, that's not actually the case. It's just that their symptoms are different, oh. number one. And number two, it's where they are in their life. Mm. Where you are in your life, how contented you are with your life can impinge upon how you see whatever your body's going through. Yeah, and how that works and, then, and the wisdom that you're able to achieve over time. 
um yeah I just think that's just a beautiful thing you know and something to embrace Mm. I just want to say big ups thank you so much for um joining us on this episode um guys out there who are listening I hope that you were able to take away a few of those gems um we will leave any of the books and things that Christine spoke about in our description so for that and we have lots of exciting things coming up this season so please make sure you stay tuned like subscribe people share it with your friends um good afternoon good evening good good night good evening good night bye Bye, y'all